It's recording. Oh, yeah. Okay, so our topic is going to be India and the coronavirus and like specifically how like America should respond to it. So I'm just assuming you guys have some background knowledge, but just like context, it's just like terrible, essentially. It's just like really bad over there and just like people are like just dying. Well, like how so? Like in what, okay. what, like what exactly is being affected in the response? Okay, no. So like firsthand like we know because like you know our parents like talk to people in india and stuff mm. like that mm -hmm. so firsthand we know um Ila, and she she's like one of our family friends her grandma mm. died from covid and she couldn't get oxygen mm. and then we've also been hearing like stories of like people hoarding oxygen tanks just like in their house mm -hmm. and just like mm -hmm. so all this like supplies that like people are sending to India aren't even going to those in need. So like people like from America who have relatives there are like sending money and supplies and just like people are hoarding stuff. And you know how like in India, just anything goes. Mm -hmm. It's just a very different environment. And so people just is like, they just have like all their masks and food and oxygen tanks just like, in their house mm -hmm. kind of like how we did that in the beginning of the pandemic with like food and, and toilet, like, paper toilet paper yeah yeah it's kind of like that so and there's just so many deaths to the point where like we've all seen those pictures of like just mm -hmm. them burning people in the street and i was in the i was in the car with your mom today right and so she was talking about how um one of her um, family friends is out in India, right? And um, she died from coronavirus and her family lives in Canada and they were asking like where the body is and they were like, yeah. oh, weirdy, weirdy cremated it. And then yeah. a day later they called back and they were like, no, never mind. We didn't cremate her yet. She's still here. Know. Yeah, like that's how bad it is. Like they, like we know that like the numbers are like inflated. They're not right. Like they could mm -hmm. be, less could be more so there's really no way to get correct st like statistics well i like that's probably because the population is so like well, yeah, compacted yeah. In urban areas. People, people also are able to buy negative coronavirus tests i yeah. heard about that that was a thing yeah that, that is really... the whole thing it's so, so yeah so essentially it's just like so there was this dude and he was trying to get a job but he got a positive corona test and then he mm -hmm. paid this, his doctor to get a negative one. And that's not like a single instance. Like that happens a lot. That's just the one that they like yeah. was recorded. There was also this airplane where everybody got on technically without coronavirus. And then everybody that was on the plane somehow ended up with co corona. Even so, without any recorded so case. People are buying those negative corona tests. Yeah. And we also know that all the deaths, they're not even recorded. So like the like many people are just like in their houses just dying like they're afraid to go to hospitals because like the way they see it is like once you go in like you're not coming back out right like, so they just don't want to go and their deaths aren't being recorded okay so mm -hmm. let's let's get into the first question so my first question for like the discussion is does America have a responsibility to send materials to countries in need in order to combat the coronavirus do you want to answer first or uh i yeah okay um so at this point america has already been within so many other countries and giving so many other countries help for like for other things not just for coronavirus mm -hmm. just in the 
past in general and how the we've come into power is by doing that being involved in other countries mm -hmm. it's kind of a given to give help to other countries at this point like america isn't america without being involved in other countries businesses so right. like yeah. people, i've heard people like mimic that like laissez-faire attitude where it's like oh why is it our problem we're not involved we're not like if we're working with our problem why would we focus on theirs but i really don't understand just because you're talking this is how you talked about it how like past presidents has proved that america has become the nation it has just because of helping other nations and that's just i think something that every country should do because it's not like like i feel like that's a humanitarian crisis and we shouldn't just be ignoring something that's happening like that so I'd agree with what you said that America should be involved. Yeah, the way I see it is like in the depths of the pandemics, like when we needed the resources, we shouldn't have because like in the words of my teacher, like foreign policy is inherently selfish. So we <laughs> should be looking at what America needs. But right. Um, right now, like the vaccines that we have, like most of the majority of people who want the vaccine already have it. So right. like the people are left are like the people who don't want it. So I think at the point we are right now, it should, like, we should send help to just other countries. Okay, so then this kind of leads into the next question, which is, like, how should America respond to this specifically? So, like, what measures do you think America should take in order to help countries in need? I'm not too educated on exactly how we could help. I know we could send vaccines and obviously oxygen tanks and just supplying the nation that's struggling with that. But in a, like, cause I've heard, I feel like I've heard stories of them actually delivering vaccines. I feel like I don't really keep up with the news as much as I should, but I remember yeah. reading a headline or something. They, they have, so they delivered yeah. so there's this vaccine that they made in America, but it mm -hmm. wasn't FDA approved. So like no one in America could use it. Okay. So they sent, and like, I think it was during the Trump administration, they had like a lot of those mm -hmm. vaccines, but like, they're just, they haven't been in use because it's not FDA approved yet. Mm -hmm. So they sent a ton of those to India. Well, then why couldn't they just send like the ones that everyone's getting administered right now, like Pfizer? Yeah. And well, yeah. why why would they do that if like, cause- Well, I mean, they, you don't want to send, if it's not FDA approved, I assume that doesn't mean that it's like 100, like it's well, not- Well, it's not FDA approved in, in America. That's what I'm saying. So why would you administer it to people in India if it's not approved? Well, they're already dying. They're literally uh, like. I, I guess the measure makes sense. So yeah, they yeah, could send yeah. all the they could send the Pfizer and the Moderna vaccine pretty easily over there. I think again, it's issue of replication, isn't it? Storage. It's uh -huh. it's the storage but issue. The storage is going to be the issue. Yeah, the storage such a cold temperature, right? Yeah, I'm not sure about what the storage is for like that other vaccine that they sent, but I, I assume it's similar. Yeah, probably, probably. So I think the way that America should be able to help is I don't know how foreign policy works. I don't know the logistics behind that, but they, but like we should put together a team of people who do know how to do right. all of that and try to figure, and they should try to figure out a way to help because I mean, we're just regular people. We don't know the logistics of mm -hmm. transporting vaccines, transporting medical supplies, things like that. But there are people out there that have that as a job. So we should be putting together teams that can do that. That's a good plan. I never yeah, that, that, I think that is a good plan, but I feel like honestly, like that's never going to happen. 
just well, like I feel like it's very difficult to organize. Yeah, it is. Especially when I feel like a lot of people are already so divided on the pandemic here in the states mm -hmm. alone. I feel like it'd be hard to rally a response, like to get a national like team of people that are focusing on the thing over there when we can't even get everyone to focus on the pandemic here. Yeah, and yeah, there there would just be. And there's like so many things going on in America, just despite the pandemic itself, mm -hmm. that yeah. like, I feel like people in government right now would decide that other issues that like domestic issues are more important. But yeah. it, it is a really, really good idea. And I do think it would be helpful to India, but I just, I don't think it would happen is kind of what I'm, what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. All right, all right. Okay, so. Next um, is why do you think India in particular has experienced this massive spike in cases and deaths? Well, I've been to India, so I think I can like mm -hmm. justifiably say this. Like the you said this a while ago, Didi Jasmine. Um, you said that the nation, like the people in India, are very superstitious, and it I completely agree with that. Like the people there are like. Like, I feel like a bunch of people talk about how it's difficult to make the majority of the population in America believe in the COVID, like the pandemic and vaccine usage. But it's, I feel like it's even more difficult in India because they're, so, they're such a superstitious nation and all of them are so, like, either they're so, like, packed together in these, like, tiny, like, even when the pandemic initially began in New York, here, that, like, the entire, like, city was being ravaged by the, pan, uh, by COVID-19, but then... Obviously, like as soon as like the vaccine started getting administered, the numbers going lower. But because India doesn't have that supply, because not necessarily an underdeveloped nation, but it's like underutilizing its resources, just because of corruption and yeah. other issues, and the population. Obviously, as I mentioned before, it's kind of difficult to organize a collective response against a pandemic in that like nation where information spreads so slowly. So yeah, I agree with you. I think it's like a perfect storm of yeah. uneducated people, overpopulation, corruption in, med in medicine, as well as the government, mm -hmm. and then just culture in general, because Indian culture is a lot different than American culture. And mm -hmm. you're going to have more people that are scared to go to the hospital. You're going to have more people that don't that think that they can fix themselves with home therapies and mm -hmm. things like that they won't go to the hospital. And that also ties into the uneducated part. They think that the the doc, like once you go to the hospital, you're going to die. Like that's where you mm -hmm. go to die. They don't try to help you there. That's like, they just try to slow Cut your death. Out. And then that in turn just leads to it getting spread to more people yeah. because they're not even and going then, to so they can control it. And then at that point when they go, do go, they just they just reinforce that idea like, oh, mm -hmm. they went too late, so then they just die at the hospital. But if they'd gone earlier, that wouldn't have been reinforced. Mm -hmm. Okay, do you guys see me sharing my screen? Because I actually I have. Okay, so can you guys see this like graph? Hold on, it's loading. Our Wi-Fi yeah. really bad. Okay, but so okay. if you look at this graph, it kind of shows like why I think it happens is if you look at where like COVID is like centralized, it's so polarized and spread out. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like the 
the people that we know in India, a lot of uh, them live in, live in the Punjab and that's like just rural areas and mm -hmm. just like farmland. Mm -hmm. And like what they've said is like, they don't even think COVID is a thing. Like they, they say like all the news is just like bogus. Mm -hmm. But like, then we also know people who live in like Diddley, which is like a city which is just like packed. So densely populated. Yeah, very mm -hmm. populated. And people there are just dying left and right. So I just, I think it's kind of the combination of, overpopulation and then corruption in the government and then as well as just like polarization of people like everyone there like there's such a vast like difference of people living there and there's really like there's so many languages spoken there's so many mm -hmm. like culture differences that it's really hard to capture like the entirety of india in just one like sentence just to like wait can i say something yeah you yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait. so one thing that you were saying about like the gap between like the the different peoples. Also another thing to think about is poverty in that mm -hmm. nation and sanitation with the poverty class. Like people will uh, urinate in the streets, they'll do anything and like spit everywhere. I Like the nation's very unsanitary in the urban environments and even in the rural environments too. So if you have like that population that doesn't really yeah. stay too cleansly. And then also there's people sleeping on, like I feel like there's like, a, a lot great amount of yeah there are a lot of people are just sleeping on the streets like next to each other to stay warm mm -hmm. and stuff so yeah and there's a big the difference like you see like the rich areas they're mm -hmm. they're not like that like they're very sanitary they're yeah. like they're like top of the class but then mm -hmm. as soon as you get to like middle class and below it's just like a whole different world right so i think that's like one of the really big like contributing factors and that's also feeding into the idea of like accessibility to help because people like you talked yeah. about in the beginning, you're like, people are hoarding. Yeah. And, it's, and, it's and I assume that's not the middle class or the lower class. I assume that's the people who are like, yeah, in touch with the government it, actually it have access. They're hoarding it and keeping it for themselves, even if they may not need it more. Yeah. And since like geographically India is so large, it's hard mm -hmm. to get resources to the places that need it. Right. Like you, you can right. get them, you can get them to the cities, but like, how are you going to reach like every single like farm so area? Yeah, and they're, they're, it's so dense. And you know those like protests that were going on over all the farm stuff? Yes. Those are still going on. Like they're really? literally- I didn't yeah. know that, it's been out of the news. It was in the news for like a week. I mean, yeah, it's out still, of the news now, happening. but they're still happening. Like they're out there mm. like cooking dal, like sharing rotis, yeah. everything, just everything, like no masks. I mean, like you can see like a couple people in masks, but like they're so close together that like- It's not. Food, it, it, at that mm -hmm. point, it doesn't really matter. And like, small minority. yeah, and just like for some context, there were some like recent laws that were set into place that caused a lot of up, like uprise with a bunch of like farm farming people. And it was it was mainly just like economically based and it just like increased poverty for people who own farms, just like as a simplified version. So there were a bunch of protests and like, very large protests like just a bunch of congregating and that was admiss ad are you laughing at me no anyway, okay we'll keep going but anyways um so <laughs> now you're laughing at me i could just see you holding back your laughter okay no, anyways there's just huge congregation of just people and that is of the people that would normally be living in farmland spread apart and they're just all congregating and that's still going and that started in like in probably i think around march and it's still going on 
Okay, so we can get into the next question, which is, what do you think would be an appropriate plan for India to recover from this? I mean, uh, that's yeah. a very difficult question. Because they haven't even, they're like still being. I feel like the only major, I don't, I don't know, obviously, but just based off of like the statistics that I've seen, I feel like one of the most helpful and most like productive ways to administer aid would be through foreign aid just because the nation yeah. is like dealing with so many different fronts just to like fight this battle that's the pandemic that's spreading around the nation i feel like it'd be more i not i guess reliable but it'd be a lot easier to administer aid if you're having foreign aid as well yeah and if you go with foreign aid you also have to think about the people that live in india they don't really they wouldn't like that mm -hmm. as much seeing other people from other company uh, countries I mean to be honest, like the videos that I've seen, it looks like they are like in desperate need. And I think like they'd be willing like at this- When you're in like a hospital bed struggling to breathe, I don't think you're gonna care. Yeah, and, like when is... there's like five-year-olds dying from coronavirus, like, you know what I mean? Like, I think like at this point, like they're desperate. And I think mm -hmm. like that is gonna be a bigger factor. And I think they would be willing to accept foreign aid, especially when, we know that like Corona from India is spreading to its neighboring countries as well. Mm -hmm. Now, like that's something that we're seeing as well. So that could be incredibly detrimental to even us in the US as well, because this pandemic won't be over until it's over and kind of everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's still a threat to us, even if it's yeah. not here. And honestly, like a recovery plan, vaccinations, we don't even know, like, because we know in America, it's so difficult to get like herd immunity and mm -hmm. it's getting even harder in India. So it's kind of it's kind of looking like impossible. I mean, some people are saying that it's going to be impossible for America to reach herd immunity. Well, and yeah. Just, like, yeah. Um, and in yes. relation to India, that's just not going to work out. Well, I think it's more so that we well, I mean, I think the same sentiment was like reflected on America when we were in our initial stages and like the waves of pandemic, obviously the numbers knock on wood still going down, but we were, when we were in the initial stages of our pandemic and other nations like China were having these big like pool parties where like they were celebrating the fact that their number had dropped down to like zero cases per day for like a week straight. Like those nations probably reflected the same mentality on us when we are like, oh, there's no way there's so many people, they're so spread out. They think so different ways. And yet the number is still going down, obviously, slowly, but surely there's been waves and there's going to be setbacks, obviously. But yeah. I think we have to reflect the same mentality towards India right now that they're still because isn't there. I feel like I, I heard something There's like a new strain is spreading through India. Yeah. Or something. Is mean, that true? I don't know if that's fake news. I don't, I don't think it's proven yet, but like they are saying like there's variants, but I'm not sure yeah. if there's any like scientific backing to that. Okay. But like, well, I mean, looking like, at the extent of it, it really does kind of seem like there has to be like variants because it just seems yeah. like so extreme. Mm -hmm. But there, I don't think there's any like research behind it or anything. Okay. Yeah. And then just my take on this question, I think what helped America was, I think the change in presidency, I think that was like a major boost in not only like morale, but like there were, I feel like there were just, like we saw like a big change and like we got vaccinated a lot sooner than like we expected. Like I know I didn't expect to get vaccinated already, mm -hmm. but 
that's just kind of what I think. So I think going for India, I think it would be a really long and hard struggle just to like get rid of corruption in their government. But I also think that education of the masses could help with that. And I think that yeah. could also help for America, just because I think a lot of people just aren't educated in general on the topic. Yeah. That's one thing that like the Biden administration has done really well through like the beginning parts of their term is that they've been very like on top of getting the vaccinations out to any population yeah. that they would think could get it as soon as possible. Like yeah, I didn't they think- They poured a lot of money into putting, to, into getting the vaccine out to everybody. I know with the National Guard, they put a lot of different units on, um, on duty status just mm -hmm. so that they could get the vaccines out to different places. Yeah, it's so, especially like I got my first shot at UC, UC obviously, and I didn't think it was gonna be that quick and easy to do it. They made it like, it, they made it such a convenient process for anyone to get it. Like I'd assume that you'd have to like go into a doctor, make an appointment and do all these steps, but no, you really just drive through. Yeah. Ooh, in India, it's kind of the same, even it's even less formal, like, Literally, like streets, random people walk up. No, literally, it's it's not like that. Okay. But like, <laughs> like in like in like the farm areas, like mm -hmm. they have like one local doctor, and they'll yeah. just have a bunch of syringes, and literally they'll just go house to house and giving people shots. Yeah. And like okay. that's that's just what it is in some parts. Now I'm mm -hmm. not sure about what it's like in the cities. It's probably something more formal, but that's just right. what it's like in like the farm areas. Okay, okay. So going into like the last question, it's. What do you think the long-lasting effects of this pandemic are going to be? In general or just in India? Um, either one is fine. Um, well, you're definitely going to start seeing a lot more social distancing. I don't mm -hmm. know how long that would last, to be honest. But like in the next couple of for the next couple of years, that's definitely going to still be happening. And then you, I feel like you would see a lot more people being sanitary with like washing their hands and then using hand sanitizer and things like that yeah yeah i feel like the newest like the newer population i feel like there's a lot of things that will never go back to the way that they were before mm -hmm. like i feel like this is my idea but i think that we will never be wearing will never not be wearing masks in like hospital environments when you're sick i feel like more often than not there will not i feel like every doctor at least practicing will be wearing masks or something and I think not every lasting effect for the pandemic is necessarily bad. Just like the one I listed, like people are gonna be more precautious in washing their hands in the population or is gonna be more sanitary in general, which is good to some extent, especially, but not to where people get germophobic or they're afraid mm -hmm. of shaking hands. Yeah. But I think that's one effect. I'm trying to think of another. Because well, there's so many. Yeah, no, the way I thought of it, I feel like the pandemic is going to be similar to kind of how 9-11 happened. Mm -hmm. So, like, where we see, like, increased, like, security and just, like, things that... I was going to make that connection, but I didn't... Yeah. yeah. No, it's just, like, yeah. kind of things that are, like, here now forever that we see mm -hmm. as a norm that weren't there before. Right. And so I feel like it's going to kind of be, like, that kind of thing where just, like, society has changed forever, but it's going to be something that we come to accept and it's not going to be... That's for the better. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of what I think. And I was also thinking about, like, with being more sanitary, like, mm -hmm. I feel like that would cause, like, more super bugs. Do you know what I mean? Like, with the use of more hand sanitizer, because I know, like, some teachers encourage us to use hand well, sanitizer in every class. And, like, that, and, like, sanitation. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. When you're talking about, like, more sanitary, 
I don't think it's necessarily just that you're always like rubbing hand sanitizer in your hands. It could just be yeah. practicing. Like, like good Yeah, good hygiene, like, mm -hmm. like that kind of stuff as well. I don't think it necessarily just boils down to like using antibiotics all the time and using yeah, viral medicine all the time. But I understand what you're saying. Yeah. How that could lead to no, it. I was just thinking, cause for me specifically, like, I don't know like what it would be like for others, but like right now, like, when I go to class, like normally, like I'll use hand sanitizer in between each class and I'll see like a lot of people doing that. Yeah. Many more were doing it in the beginning. But like for me, like when I've thought when I thought about like super bugs and stuff, I just kind of like tried to like stop using hand sanitizer as much. But at the same time, it's like I don't know, like it's kind of inevitable, inevitable to kind of yeah. have super bugs as a thing. Like we already see like like possible variants of like COVID. So it's just, you know, it's just like a scary thought to think about. Well, something to think about is also that um, the things that you use are very general based, um, mm -hmm. like hand sanitizers. I feel like a majority of those like super bugs that people are freaking out over are like the stronger doses. Yeah. Like, that's where like the major super bugs are made when you use like, when you're going through surgery and people are and you have, like a burn victim and you use like yeah. super high, like highly concentrated, highly powerful. Um, antibiotics or antiviral medication but i don't and think it necessarily boils down to making like hand sanitizer i don't well, think that's I like when you get it is like it is a small kind of microcosm but at the same time like it's all exponential i understand yeah yeah you also have to think of you you're making super bugs but you're all at the same time we're also coming up with different ways to battle those super bugs so right now we mm -hmm. have like those traditional antibiotics things like that but we also are coming we're doing. We're using CRISPR. We're using um, bacteriophages. Those two. Those two things are like really strong against any kind of bacteria. And we're kind mm -hmm. of perfecting those as well. So, yeah, I don't really think that's going to be that much of an issue. I mean, personally, I disagree. Just because I think, like, you know they can't solve every disease that comes up otherwise everyone's just going to be immortal like there has yeah. to be something that kills us and it's like i'm not saying like it's super bugs in general mm -hmm. but i'm just saying maybe not in our lifetime but like in the lifetimes to come i feel There'll like something else that they have yeah to and i think it, it's not like a huge change i feel like if we don't get climate change under control it will be super bugs after yeah that. like every generation has their own major issue and major battle yeah. of fight. Yeah. And maybe ours is this, and I don't really know. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay, well, um, that I, I guess that concludes kind of just this whole thing. But um, thank you for listening, Mrs. Post. Um, I hope I did good. Um, anyways, yeah. now I got to figure out how to stop recording. Um, I probably the stop record mm -hmm. button. Oh, wow, <laughs> thanks. Um, Wait. Oh. I figured it out, I think. Crop of